0: I don't know how much you've played with ChatGPT, but you can see that there is mm, concerns in some ways around how that's
1: best used. You know, you can do all that kind of time consuming, like layering, like various things you have to do to, to kind of plant the foundations of something but you still need to be capable yourself of then interpreting that and evolving it forwards. Also trying to push clients to be
0: utilising new types of technology and, and now with the image generation stuff, they're really keen on finding like interesting ways to use this.
2: There is this school of thought, even Elon Musk refers to this, where the artificial intelligence would take over, yeah, take over the...
0: I think if you look at some of the Mark Zuckerberg deposition where 70-year-old men essentially asking Mark Zuckerberg how they log into their Facebook account um, gives you an idea that trying to legislate for tech that's changing by by the day is implausible. In
2: terms of business, where would you think will be the next platform which could encapsulate AI? which would help uh, business individuals.
0: The, the idea that the entertainment industry can be based, can, can be tailored to the individual's requirements. So if I want a show like the US office, but that's set in a advertising agency, can be generated on the fly, that's genuinely good, is an entirely different way of even thinking.
1: I am. I'm, I am playing devil's advocate a little bit. I am quite excited about what it, you know, what it kind of means and what changes we'll see. But it's good. It's good to hear someone like you who's like thinking deeply about this. Actually, you know, seeing the positives. It makes me have more of a kind of positive attitude too. Welcome, folks. Welcome to the
2: Website Intelligence Podcast, or TWIP. Uh, today, we have a very, very special episode with a trending, trending topic about artificial intelligence. You see all the buzz out there with ChatGPT, GPT, DALI, other crazy platforms doing all sorts of things. We have Mr. Tom Price today from uh, Diva Agency. Just to give a quick uh, overview on it, Diva Agency work with clients like uh, from the gaming industry, from Elden Rings to Alan Wake or other uh, video games, popular video games like Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, welcome, Tom.
0: Thank you, thank you, Jayrus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to be chatting. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. That is what that is what Diva do. We're kind of um, like we started off as a marketing agency for video games and, and brands and so on. We we started with um, PlayStation, um, which has been our bread and butter for like a few years but in the past year or two my team have been trying to implement not necessarily artificially intelligent tools but tools to kind of help solve repetitive tasks help automate things like video production and just challenges where the studio members didn't want to be working on things that we wanted to free people to work on creative um like creative endeavors more than production type work and in the last year with things like chat gpt with things like mid journey stable diffusion and so on um it's a lot of their a lot of their those companies kind of motto is about freeing people to be creative and so on and um so, yeah, for the last year or so, we've been using tools like that to uh, help clients like with creating unique content and speeding up a, a multitude of different things um, in in our studio, whether it's like writing copy, whether it's image generation, whether it's solving problems that were sort of unsolvable before um yeah yeah we've been doing it and and in the last year i've sort of have a lot of a take on my the ethical concerns around it and i'm sure you guys have like i don't know how much you've played with chat gpt but you can see that there is mm, concerns in some ways around how that's best used and and what role that fills in a in a company that pretend that write a lot of copy for example and how it's best used and so on
1: yeah so i spent a yeah. uh, a good chunk of my christmas on chat GPT just exploring what was possible <laughs> it's addictive
0: they're all addictive mm. they're sort of you know they're using all of the tools that have been built by youtube and so on to play on um the the idea of like um getting people to just keep spending time on it i know i know midjourney which is a image um, creation software from text is so addictive that you're yeah. getting people that uh, I, I have a friend who um, he was one of the first people on mid journey and he was saying he's like oh, I'll just put you bit to bed in a minute kids to his two kids and then it would get to nine o'clock and they're still sort of sat with him just generating images so yeah 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 they're super addictive
2: well, let me let me say a massive thanks for for coming to our podcast, and mm. because our My audience pleasure. are accustomed accustomed to our traditional structure, I'll just dive into our first uh, question. It's it's about where you actually grow uh, grew up, and what would you say was unique about being there in your younger years. Let's say, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I grew up in a little town just outside of London, um, which was uh, yeah, like. Difficult to get places, difficult to see your friends when you're 14 because you're relying on lifts from people and so on. Which now, I suppose, is probably less of a problem. Like with the, uh, we found so being in the gaming industry, we found that um, with the pandemic, for for people that gamed, it gave them a lifeline to maintain their um, social circles, which had this had the pandemic happened when i was a kid we would've been isolated with no ability to like stay um connected with people um and i think like maybe it's just maybe it was just the time but w- probably what was unique is that that the internet sort of was coming into being exi- like existing sort of around my early teenage years but i have always like maintained that i think that subculture at, at my age then was really important so the things that what people wore and our the little town that have you could identify people instantly because of the type of trousers they were wearing and stuff um i think it like gave a uh, it was just a nice thing that you sort of knew who your people were based on their their aesthetic and um who were people? That, people that were really baggy dirty clothes and i haven't changed that much since because i still wear all the same same stuff um but yeah people that listen to aggressive music basically
1: perfect yeah one thing so i've known tom for getting on for two decades which is pretty frightening um but one thing i've always known about you is that you just have this like brain which is somehow like at the intersection between like tech And like geekiness and then creativity on the other side like what where did that happen in your childhood like when did you start having that kind of like very creative but also very like techie approach to things i
0: i think that as i've got older um i think that i have realized how important it is to not be serious about um work especially if your work doesn't require some sort of surgery or something like that um i think like i i i really as i as i've got older and and, and matt would probably attest to this i i've realized that for me the process of a, a job or a creative endeavor is the is the thing that i'm looking for i'm looking for the flow state of being just immersed in a thing and um and I and I, without realizing, as I was a kid, I think I was always looking for how do I, how do I find like the spark of of being into something, whatever it might be. Um, when I when when we made music together, when I look back on it now, what I wanted from that was the first twenty minutes of this is amazing, and beyond that, I kind of gave up on it because I liked the flow state. And now when I look at work that we do as a company, I look back on what I enjoyed of that bit and it was the initial concepting, it was the ideation bit, it was the spark of something and um, and I think uh, that's just something that na- the more I think about it, the more that's what I want to get back to. I want to get back to this um, feeling of, and, and it's something that kids are being told to, kids lose and then we spend our whole adult life trying to get back the idea yeah. of play. And the idea of being like so immersed in what your work is that you've just forgot you forget what it is, and, and I think that's um, yeah, yeah this so is, invaluable to try and find it. It's
2: so true. But if if you remember the first uh, maybe the first thoughts on what would be your first job or what did you want it to to be when when you grew up, or the first kind of jobs you were looking
0: um, at. I did not think about it. Barely at all when I was a when I was a child I uh, until I started having heroes and here and like heroes for me were um, people that, um, in boxing so Muhammad Ali martial artists like Bruce Lee and so on and I liked their like mentality and so on and I had I guess I had the idea that um, I would be in some sort of like physical like something physical and then when i started getting hit in boxing i realized it's like not even fun at all and um, i yeah i i was in, I, I did boxing for um quite a few years and the better no sorry um the higher up the weight rankings i went the um more unpleasant it was being hit and then i decided this is just not fun.
1: (laughs) So you went directly from, from kind of combat sports straight into kind of design and tech and music. What came first? Was it music that came first or was it more like computers Um, and tech?
0: Yeah. So, well, the tech was always the thing that I got, um, excited about. I I liked finding ways or hacks or tricks to, uh, to, um, create something that, Faster, and I think that's like always been part of my career. But yeah, um, I I didn't know what I was going to do right up until I applied for a no. Right up until I went traveling for two years, and um, and I still didn't know what I was going to do then. What did you I travel? But I what I, where? Yeah, I traveled. I did a standard um kind of round the world trip that was Thailand and oh. Australia and um nice. America and places like that. And then after that. I um, took another gap year because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do and um, did a lot of hitchhiking. I hitchhiked down to Morocco, I hitchhiked to Prague, um, and then a, a lot of other trips. But uh, but yeah, music was always a thing that I loved, but didn't. I um, I was in groups of friends who played instruments. I didn't ever kind of gel with learning the guitar or anything. So... Um, I started music production and then I did a degree in music production. And then from there, met Matt, met lots of other people in the music world and and just started from there. But it was always tech based, as in I was trying to, it it was computer based music production. And
1: yeah, it's interesting when you talk about this like flow state thing, because That's a hundred percent. Like, I guess the way that I like feel like reflecting back on that time, it's, uh, those moments where we just kind of sat and like played some music for the first time and got into some kind of zone. And then the whole concept of then having to go out and do something with that was just kind of frustrating and a bit awkward. Um, when was, when would you say was the first time that you were able to find that kind of flow state, but in work, like in the context of actually having a job that gave you that benefit? Um,
0: I didn't really think that i was I was in it until I now reflect back so so me yeah, like yeah, me and me and another member of um the band that we were in, like split off from we we, we thought that by starting a design agency and um, we would have a we would have more time to make music, which. As it turns out is just not the case at all it's really really challenging and you need to work all hours and our mentality or our motto was just take on the work and if um we need to learn the tools to deal with it then we'll learn them on the job um, which is what we've done and probably what i've always done but um when i look back now Yeah I would find flow state in learning software I'd find uh, and now and I miss it because I don't do much of it anymore but when I was writing code I would find a flow state in that and you lose and you lose sense of time and you're you're just involved in that moment and I think it's such an important part of of any industry or any sport it's it's the thing that I think people should be living for in a lot of ways is, tr- is finding ways where they're immersed to a point that nothing else is relevant which so, is why in our company I'm really like keen to avoid context switching because it drives me mad
2: so straight from <laughs> the music background you went into the technology sector or there were any other milestones in between
0: I... No, we, 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 we went from making music to um, telling clients that we were 3D experts, that we were coders, that we built websites, that we had a rich history of it, none of which was actually true. Um, however, I feel that bending the truth um, is important in, in some ways because it pushes you, it helps you um, it helps you move forward. And like with, with the, uh, the company now, I think it's important for us to like push ourselves and maybe it's not the case that we um, push ourselves by telling clients we can do stuff. We can't, but pushing ourselves internally for um, trying to like find tools that are are more valuable, more innovative and so on. Uh, But Um, yeah, so I went, yeah. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, so your current role is your technical lead, right? Like having yeah. not really spent any time working in an agency, I don't really know exactly what this entails. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that role, like, really uh, entails, and what kind of are uh, your kind of key like focus areas there?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think I think for different companies that that term technical lead means different things. Um, in our in our company, we do nowadays we do a lot with. Um, working with game studios who will give us a uh give us like access to the build of a game using like tools like unreal engine and unity and so on and will be will be building on top of what they've already what they've already worked on and there's we i guess with any job there's always multiple ways of doing something to get the best result and for me it's part of my role is finding the best way to um to to get the end result and or and often the quickest and then also trying to push clients to be utilizing new types of technology and and now with the image generation stuff we're really keen on finding like interesting ways to use this because i mean we'll get into it later but as it as it goes on things are uh, tools like AI are going to play such an important part <clears throat> of everybody's roles.
2: So before before we before we dive uh, too too deep into the AI context, I would just yeah. maybe uh, quickly get into the maybe a bit of history, a brief history of uh, language models and some text to image diffusion. If we can, if you can give us some some <laughs> elements in this side of things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think if I go, um, I'll, I'll try and make it brief. But if I go right back to the start um, of of where the, some of the concepts of AI came from is um, is Alan Turing, which is the he's a British mathematician who was around in World War Two. He was um, famous for breaking the um, German Enigma machine and so on. Well, he built the Enigma machine, um, but he proposed ideas about um, a a, he wrote a paper called computing machinery and intelligence which was um, determined a test for how it's known as the turing test it determines a test of how a machine is intelligent and he predicted with the advances of computing and computing power and so on at some point there'll be a Uh, there'll be a point at some some case where a computer will be able to hold a conversation with a human and it's impossible for the human to tell whether it's a computer they're talking to or a human. And I think we're seeing at the point now with um, things like ChatGPT that you could argue that some of the conversations you can have with it are very natural yeah. although chat gpt specifically is about answering questions not necessarily conversing the the technology the, the kind of technology applies in a similar way so like if i if i skip past kind of a lot of um ai growth from from like alan turing which is in the 50s and so on you you then get into um companies like DeepMind. so DeepMind famously were a company who developed alpha go which was um a long standing part of of uh, ai that was it it, w- it was determined that you couldn't use um the type of artificial intelligence that was used to beat chess players to beat something like go because of the amount of computational resource that was required like stop me if i'm getting too technical on it but they built a system that essentially was significantly more intelligent it's it's something called reinforcement learning which is where the algorithm starts playing itself with games and um gets to a point where it's it it isn't just using computational power it's using a form of intelligence to um solve or, or play the, the game of go then in how, my, how
1: far uh, how far back are we going with, with this um so this so region? so alpha go which was yeah. deep
0: mind so D- deep mind um started uh, in 2010 from a app uh, he is an absolute genius this guy called Asabis, who um so so for context I have a four-year-old who I'm trying to teach the basics of chess to he doesn't really have any idea of any of it but likes throwing the pieces around and um, at four demesis arbis was playing chess to like a fairly high standard at six he was at grandmaster standard and he'd, he'd always use games as a um a, a way of learning i think at about nine he built a chess computer and so on he, um then then the, uh, another kind of early form of ai was um he, he took a gap year because he wasn't allowed it to Cambridge University until he had um, got reached a certain age because he'd done all his qualifications before. that. He took a gap year, went to a, comp- a games company called Bullfrog who made Theme Park. I don't know if you guys remember it, but it used an early form of AI. He was the lead programmer on that, and he realized that games is a really powerful way to um, work with AI because you can simulate uh, situations that would happen in the real world um, but you can simulate this um, infinitely, and have uh, so DeepMind use something called agents within their game, um, within within games to look at how you can deal with strategy and so on. So so their models have now been used. The, the gaming models have now been turned to answer other questions, and and I think their their motto is trying to solve human intelligence and um we're we're currently in a state with with ai with something like chat gpt for example it's 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 an it's something called narrow ai so it can do one task. there would, would be no point it wouldn't even make sense to ask chat gpt to open a, a jam jar it doesn't would have no logic there it's narrow same with uh, image based models and so on um a lot of companies open ai who are the ones who make chat gpt that they're, they're all looking to solve um artificial intelligence to become to, to have something called agi which is artificial general intelligence which is essentially um an algorithm that mimics the human brain that um that can then solve anything um so that's the intention the the understanding Maybe five years ago, was, there was that. Yes, that can be solved, but it won't be for a long, long time. I think with the speed of the change currently happening, um, people think that you're going to have artificial general intelligence in quite a short, um, with, within a within a decade. Um, now, what that means is, it's from from sort of sci-fi uh, novels and so on. The idea of the singularity, which is the point where computers become sentient, is fairly dystopian. And as soon as an AI becomes sentient, that's sort of it for humans, is probably not true. But there's a lot of unknowns with what happens
1: when you have artificial general intelligence. Um, I feel like I feel like already like there's so there's there's so many like unanswered like questions with regards to the future and where this can possibly go. Like it's crazy yeah. to hear about it. It's like you hear about AI so much, you know, whether it's in the context of um, science fiction or in the context yeah. of you know technology you're using every day. Um, just yeah. to kind of bring it down back down to like kind of now and kind of um, yeah, yeah. like solid like applications that you're using today. Within your role currently at Dever Agency, like A, how are you using AI already today? And B, how do you envisage that you want to start using it as you move forward? You know, the next 12, 18 months or so.
0: Yeah. So, so in in terms of, I'll 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 answer it with like two two sort of variations because you've got you've got what what people what's kind of current is ChatGPT. So so language models, um, and then uh, things like Stable Diffusion and Mid Journey, which is the image models and so on, and 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 those are both both of the things that have a real wow factor of wait, so I can just get a machine to write my um, website copy, or I can get a machine to just do all of the art that I need to do for this job. Um, we've been we've used uh, Chat GPT, we've used quite a lot in terms of writing content for presentations, testing out how successful that is and how smart that, that seems. Um, cause I think like anyone who's played with it can already see sort of certain limitations. However, we shouldn't forget that, that the reason why they've re- chat, well, this would be my, um, expectation. The reason why chat GPT is free and currently available for anybody is because they're training those questions to build a much larger data set for when they start charging for it and the power that they'll have with having had millions and
1: millions of questions being well, quick question there. on this on this point yeah. because yeah. i've heard like the you know how much it costs per day to run like yeah. how much do you think people are going to end up paying for this thing like you know in well OpenAI
0: who's back, who are backed by Microsoft have just been evaluated at $29 billion and for a company that are, well, they're, they're not a year old, but they, 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 you know, they sort of hit the big time in terms of, um, chat GPT, I, I would argue that that's probably not, um, that that's probably a reasonable valuation, which is kind of remarkable, but, and I'll get into the ethics. Um, later on but if you think that this is this is the free version that they're allowing people to use the advanced version trained and and trained on much much more um like intricate granular data and so on is going to be very very powerful i mean we've um sort of thought about the ethical standpoint of we have a lot of artists at work who will use for storyboarding, for scamping work, and so on. And um, we've we've used we've been using Mid Journey and Stable Diffusion already to um, to generate concept art for games, to generate images that are required um, for a presentation. I mean, for example. We would use we we have a shutterstock account for um for imagery when, that we might need we we're using image generation software to just generate those images now because they don't we don't need to refine them to the point that they're perfect we want to just get across an idea and I think that's where at the moment that's where they're most powerful and it still requires the creatives to be involved yeah. um it, to generate what's needed however it's taken a, a significant chunk out of time required yeah. to work on presentations for example
1: yeah this is what I've noticed so far just like very like base level experimentations with it is you know you can do all that kind of time consuming like layering like various things that you have to do to, to kind of plant the foundations of something but you still need to be capable yourself of then interpreting that and evolving it forwards so at the moment, it feels quite friendly in that respect.
0: Yeah, I I think that it's, you know, these startups and Silicon Valley and so on have always used the term disruptive and so on. And I, and I think there is no doubt that this technology is going to be disruptive. And, it, and in my opinion, and I think why it's really important to start thinking about it, is that it will be disruptive in a way that we cannot imagine. If you take um some if you take a uh company like a law firm for example who currently i don't know how much you would charge out the day but it's going to be significant um newer versions of an idea like chat gpt will absolve the any need for um a, a lot of like litigation and infrastructure around law firms to even exist in in the space of days um, it's if you if you if you extrapolate to think about um, companies who are writing SEO based content and so on, um, the more powerful models are going to be able to write considerably better content in the space of a year or so. So, the value that is going to um, hold for a company like OpenAI is going to be very very significant. And what um, you'll you'll find, and th- this is this is my interpretation, but it seems to be the way that these models are going. Is that so? ChatGPT, for an example, for example, kind of has a certain level of knowledge on a certain type of thing. Uh, there, my I would assume that the enterprise version of that will allow a, a law firm, for example, to input um, uh, billions and billions of data points in there to to refine a model that's very specific to their company and how they work so you you'll have chat gpt for um this new york law firm or something Mm -hmm. who hold the power of artificial intelligence um but have this extra data set that allows them to refine what it is that they're working on and and i think like what we've found with our own um experimentation in video games is that we're now training our own models on games that we're working on and so on so we're having arguably we now have some of the best trained data sets for certain types of games to generate imagery in those styles. And I, I think that's where you'll see it being kind of democratised is that people will have, um, you know, a very powerful version that's quite narrow in what they're actually doing. So uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that I think are, are, are worth considering. But as, as it currently stands, these, these are tools to um, help Creative people help people in all industries um, augment their their work as it as it currently stands.
2: And if you're if you're looking lots of at the media in terms of artificial intelligence and where all of this will develop in the future, there is this school of thought which entertains a or paints a bleak future. Even Elon Musk refers to this that uh, there is this point of Where the artificial intelligence would take over, yeah, take over the humanity. But on on the future aspect of things, and in terms of business, where would you think will be the next uh, uh, the next platform which could uh, encapsulate uh, AI, which would help uh, business individuals?
0: Um, I think. Okay, so I think in in um, what's going to be very very interesting in um, I'll, I'll answer it in two kind of different ways, but I think you're going to have um, p- the ability in in probably a fairly short space of time for people to just ask questions about what is the best way for them to use their time mm-hmm. in in all industries, and for AI to help augment them answer those answer those sorts of questions. Now some of the challenges around that and i think this is probably the best example for that is how the how google maps has um, and there's a study that's been done has shrunk the hippocampus of the brain that deals with things like spatial navigation Mm -hmm. so um there is so we don't now need there is no real need for us to uh know where we're going we don't need to remember landmarks we don't need to like recall put that into our memory however what's happening with that is that because we don't need to do that anymore it affects like dramatically affects so many other parts of um memory recall and still going from short-term to long-term memory so i think that what's very very important on the ethical side in all businesses and from the companies who are building these tools that people's jobs aren't replaced to the point where they don't need to um think as much anymore so more more in the
2: productivity kind of side of things would you say
0: yeah yeah i i i would hope that if you in 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 our company the best way it can be used is to free people's times from the burden of yeah. um jobs that that don't require a huge amount of creative thinking and can be automated and can be um solved with with different systems like something like chat gpt mm-hmm. that's where i see it being of benefit and and in terms of what industries i think it will touch i think it will be It'll be global because it already um if you take chat GPT just as an example, it probably can already augment every every sort of white collar work in some way it can help with it um, yeah does that does how, that how, how is it to, how is it
1: possible to um given the type of you know companies that are involved in in this like endeavor how, yeah. how do you think it's going to be possible for that to be controlled in that respect like how can we ensure that um you know in the next 5 10 15 years and beyond that this maintains its benefits and doesn't go so far that it becomes detrimental to to us well yeah i i mean
0: you the the reality is with all of these companies They might have the term they might be called open ai or something but these they're all backed by huge the big companies microsoft they're backed by meta they're backed by companies like that however there are companies and 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 a good example although they the, the the ceo is a is a hedge fund manager but um stability ai which is the company that make stable diffusion are open source. So they've open sourced their version of chat GPT. Um, they've open sourced their image generation, um, models. What, so what they're doing is they're putting that power in the hands of individuals and in the hands of companies. Now the, with the speed of change and the fact that now you don't need a supercomputer to train these types of data sets you there there's the utopian idea is that a lot of this um power can be downloaded onto a relatively you know mid-level power powerful machine sort of two thousand pound machine work offline and have that have the have the same power as a sort of supercomputer which is in some ways democratizing this technology for Um, let's say, for example, a school in a developing country that has no access to the internet, um, in in a short space of time, will be able to download a data set for education that allows them to harness this incredible power of AI without the need for expensive resources. And so how you... How it's managed is is, a, is an important part of um the big companies to make sure that they know what their technology is doing. Um, I think like Elon Musk has has stepped away from OpenAI because um he felt that AI research should be open source and it shouldn't be closed. And obviously, what ChatGPT currently is is if yes, it's free, but it won't be. Um, it will be very powerful and it, it will be paid for. Um, so I think it's, uh, I think the speed of change is going to determine what and how companies use it, but um, some of the biggest players are open, uh, are providing their information um, open sourced and allowing companies to then build on top of that. And I think that's where there's the potential, and, and this is me speaking in a utopian way, that the potential is for um, capitalism to still exist in the in, it, in its current way, but for um, companies to genuinely be able to pay their employees to work three days a week, but um, AI has augmented them to continue doing the job for the other two days.
2: That That's my, um, mm-hmm. that would be my dream. And uh, uh, if if you're talking about businesses, how how can they maybe prepare in advance from the big wave of AI? Yeah, should they have should they have maybe a person allocated specifically to this topic?
0: I, I think I think it's um, I think this is this technology, um, and I know we're just we're just sort of talking about uh, image and we're talking about the text text stuff at the moment, but. It it, it it my take on it is that this is very going to be very very disruptive, yeah. and you're going to see whole industries, um, essentially being replaced with a bot that can just answer questions. And I I, I you know we- website copy, for example, is a place where you can see the speed of these models being able to um, uh, being able to write and. Um, in like interesting content that's, um, written for inter, like, you know, optimized for search engines in, in seconds. And, um, I think that, yeah, to your point, I think it would be, it's very important that people in tech industries and probably beyond, um, at least have people who have an interest in this because, um, as as opposed to sort of tech before, I think this is something that we really should be considering because what we don't want to get into a position, especially in you know in tech companies, is is where people's creative roles don't exist anymore. And um, there's there's with with some of the Im- image models, there's like a backlash with artists choosing what wanting to be removed from the data sets and so on. And, and I guess the same will probably apply with um, chat GPT, where you can train, you, you know, there there'll be the ability to train your models on a type of writing. So if somebody, um, uh, a bit like, you know, a, an author that has like a very eloquent way of writing, you can train a model on that. And then you could just have their data set to use however you want. Um, but I think, I think that the, the most interesting thing is that this, the, the way that it will probably change is is, is unknown. Um, and if I just give you one quick example on that, um, the image generation um, AI that's being used at the moment, you, you can sort of generate an image based on a text prompt, like uh, astronaut riding a horse is the common thing to test it on. Um, that, when I started doing this stuff, only about a year ago you're looking at 30 minutes per image to generate it It uses a type of technology called clip diffusion but 30 minutes for a text prompt to go to an image that's now down to less than a second for a text prompt to an image in the next three months and um, those image generation models will with the right computer power will be generating it real time so What's crazy, especially in that world, is that there's, you know, theoretically, you can, all entertainment can be generated by the individual just asking for something. So essentially you're creating your own,
2: maybe your own entertainment, your own TV show, maybe, because I've seen also this kind of video generating AI platforms. You have this actor, so actually you're Mm -hmm. creating your own videos for presentation purposes or what?
0: For presentations, well, well, the the, the assumption would be that um, the power for presentations, let, let's say a, a company is going into a presentation with a yeah. client, that you just need to write what you want the presentation to be, and it will generate it for you. Now, that's kind of intimidating. I've seen I've seen, I've seen I've seen
2: TikTok accounts with hundreds of thousands of or tens of thousands of followers, only AI generated yeah. content in video format, yeah. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, yeah it's crazy. crazy. And I don't know where, where at what point there, there's, you sort of lose value because um, I think humans have always wanted connections with other humans. And uh, going back to like 2016, when this company DeepMind beat a the best Go player um, they made a documentary about it, which is is really good. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend watching it. And what they talked about is um, the, the, sorry, what you felt watching it was that you want the humans to succeed yeah. and, and it's the same and it's the same that I, I feel at, at work. I don't want to see um, people who have the skill of illustrating to be redundant because an AI can do it do it faster. and I, and I think in terms of business, business sort of works on people um engaging with each other and being friendly and so on and i think that what's really important is to not lose that Uh, i where i what i missed in the pandemic was being in the office talking to people and just having banter and um it's yeah that that idea is
1: is is concerning when when it comes to the whole like like ethics of it do, do you foresee or is there already some kind of like um, a suggestion that this will happen, like some kind of like global legislation regards, like regarding how it's applied and how it's used? Um, or do you think that it's just too like powerful and there's just too much money involved to, to actually have that happen? Uh,
0: I think if you look at, um, at some of the, depos- like the Mark Zuckerberg deposition where you had, 70-year-old men essentially asking Mark Zuckerberg how they log into their Facebook account <laughs> um, gives you an idea that trying to legislate for tech that's changing by the, by the day is um, in, implausible. And um, I don't know how you're going to... What One of the things that I think is sort of concerning is that there will be people who will prioritize um, prioritize profit over employee retention yeah. and if you if you have a team of 10 copywriters that can be replaced it, not necessarily replaced but their work can be sort of augmented to the point that you don't need them so much it's 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 on the um, employer to not have that happen because you know the dystopian take on that is that um, once nobody has a job then they, these sort of tools are sort of redundant anyway what is mar- what's the point of a marketing agency if nobody can buy can afford to buy anything um, like we're seeing that in the UK with the cost of living and so on yeah. is that things are just really expensive and um, it doesn't really matter whether you've got targeted ads if you haven't got the money to buy stuff then you're not going to buy stuff
1: yeah. One question I have, like going back a little bit, is yeah. like chat GPT to me is something that kind of suddenly like emerged from nowhere a few months ago. And uh, when I look at AI within like tech and the tech that we use within marketing, it's kind of been around and we've, we've heard it being used. And, um, you know, I've, I've had to try and get my head around it enough to try to sell it in some cases. But has there been like a massive acceleration over the last like 12 months or so? Or is this just a perception for people like me? Have you seen more of a gradual kind of advancement? Or is it really just suddenly really kind of picking up speed?
0: Um, Yeah, it's really um, picking up speed. And it's based on um, a few different research papers that harnessed certain types of AI. So there's something called RLHF, which is reinforcement learning um, using human feedback. And that essentially allows um a ai to be trained by teaching itself to answer certain questions with humans inputting at points saying this is good this is bad and so on and and the other thing that that's quite um new is a is a model called like the attention model which allows an ai to pick up on some of the concepts and the principles of things so with image generation um b- back in the day it was you could ai sort of could stitch images together and so on now that's not what happens now it's using that uh, the ai has an understanding of the principles of how image images work and exist and how um, what a good image looks like and and so on so yeah, you're essentially right that it's been a few different research papers that have really, really elevated these ideas. But these, but, but a lot of the ideas are based on um, one or two decades old um, information. So, so yeah, yeah but, the, but again, the, the other thing that's, that's leveled it quite a lot is that com- uh, compute power or GPU power, which is used to train a lot of these models, has just um, accelerated massively. Um, so, and, and in terms of the speed of acceleration now, it's not like we've got to peak chat GPT. We're at uh, the, the consensus in the AI community is that we're at toddler stage with things mm. like chat GPT. So you might be getting your companies to answer certain, you know, you might be using chat GPT to answer certain questions, but you're effectively at this point you're asking a toddler to write some copy for you mm. and if you extrapolate that to where it will be in in the future it's going to be very 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 powerful
1: i guess it's like if you look at any other like if you look at any other tech right is you have like the free tool mm-hmm. and then you have the actual tool yeah and we're currently yeah. using the free tool <laughs>
0: And 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 that language model is um is trained from data from I you might you might have found that when you're when you're writing stuff in Chat GPT they'll say, Oh, I haven't heard of this. My model was trained on data oh, right, from pre twenty twenty one and so on. Um so so that's where there's gonna be this huge power for um for different companies and different businesses to um different companies to do uh, Harness ha- these like really um, niche bits of um, data, what only exists, only exists to them.
2: And just wanted to ask you, moving back to the workplace, and how can we integrate artificial intelligence into maybe putting this repetitive task because everyone has these repetitive tasks, maybe put those on autopilot somehow and just use our creative. Uh, just focusing on the creative endeavors because I'm asking because uh, recently a Romanian company called UiPath, it's an RPA by the way. Just uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a unicorn company now. It surpasses the one billion dollar threshold. And just maybe we can right. even compare what is RPA, what is actually artificial intelligence in terms of uh, uh, making those repetitive tasks uh, more automatized
0: yeah so I, I think that i think people have the habit of using the term ai quite loosely yeah. to um suggest that their work has some sort of general intelligence around their their tools but they um automation kind of can help solve a lot of the a lot of repetitive like yeah, a lot of repetitive tasks and so on um that isn't necessarily true intelligence, and I think the implementation of how these tools will come to the workplace is like yet to be decided. Mm. Um, but I but I do think that some of the some of the companies who we've seen we've seen it with companies who are building um, uh, quite a niche uh, a niche product something like chat gpt or stable diffusion has entirely obliterated their um concept because it's solvable in a in an entirely different way um, yeah
1: i guess that's also like the issue i don't know anything about this at all it's, it's just an assumption but you talked before about um gai right this general ai um, i guess yeah, the issue yeah. with that is when you get to that level of things like you're kind of losing the requirement for the other tech that already exists today. So that would pretty much like yeah. fill the gap that other tech is currently serving and everything will become centralized in, in these, you know, big tech companies. Like it already has done to a degree and smaller tech will um, start to become a bit more, you know, dormant.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really hard to to see what happens when you have a model that can do and think Genuinely, intelligently, and then not only answer questions from input, from human input, but decide on what their own questions are, because the the, the, the intelligent assumption, right, of um, having a uh, kind of superior being would be that the first thing that we need to solve is like the scourge of humanity (laughs) right (laughs) if you wanted to continue um having a sustainable planet the first thing we need to do is to stop people damaging it um but yeah so so that's the like dystopian idea of the singularity where you have um it uh, a, a machine becomes sentient, and then you're entirely redundant, and every single human is. Um, but I don't think it's it, it will play out in quite that way. But I think it will play out in ways that we don't quite understand. And, and like I said, the the idea that the entertainment industry can be based can can be tailored to the individual's requirements. So if I want a show like The Us Office but that's set in an advertising agency can be generated on the fly that's genuinely good is an entirely different way of even thinking. Um, but the, the tools are now already there for that to potentially become a reality. So where does that leave the entertainment in- industry and how do you manage
1: that? Where Where is your like, sorry, just, where, where is your position on it right now? Like just out of interest? Are you kind of like, excited currently? Or are you already starting to feel a sense that with all of these big, like kind of um, evolutions in technology, there's almost like inevitable, like damaging effects that tend to outweigh the benefits in the end? Do you, are you positive about this? Or are you more? Kind of cautious. And... I'm.
0: I'm. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm super positive because I. You know. I've got two small children and and I um, want them to live in a in a better world and I think that um, AI is going to answer some of the questions that allow us to do that. There's already there was a paper that came out um, recently that where that uh, AI is being used to solve. Um, some of the issues with nuclear fusion, and whilst we're not at a point where we can have fusion reactors um theoretically we can nuclear fusion will be plausible, which means um providing the infrastructures there, free energy for all forever um which does a long way to going towards a uh, happier human race um so I think that I think that because of the complexity of of AI that um the people that are working in these companies generally have good ethics and they're not necessarily at least the individuals aren't necessarily for profit but um as with all tools what I what I would have what you'd hope is that it frees humans to do things that they want to do more and whilst that hasn't necessarily been the case you know we the, the money exists in the world for humans to now have an abundant lifestyle and do what they want now that isn't what humans do but the money is there to for, to facilitate yeah. it so is ai the um answer that that kind of helps um deal with some of those issues because i would love to be spending my time walking around the countryside in wales um i I like my work and i and i and i see the value in um you know being engaged and and trying to solve problems and so on but um i also like free time and ai hasn't yet solved that
1: i'm probably like um i don't know maybe I'm, i'm i'm kind of being the uh like the more negative voice here but it just sounds a, a bit like you know how we used to and still to like still do today talk about the internet and it feels a little yeah. bit about how we talk about these like uh, living wage experiments and things there's mm-hmm. this like utopian view and a dystopian view and with the internet for example i think most people of our generation we kind of think okay it, it's it, it's cool there's opportunities there's lots of things we didn't have when we were young uh, that we can take advantage of but there's so much negative connotations linked to what we have today and i i feel instinctively th- like i worry about that it feels like a step further away from where we used to be and do you think
0: hol- if, if you look holistically do you think the world is in the best place it's been
1: yeah yeah so yeah so this is true um and i'm, I'm always saying this to other people right so when people start saying oh, there's so much horrible things happening in the world today and all these kind of things. And we see it every day on social media, on the news, on the, all these kind of things, that such bad things are happening. I'm always kind of like, I guess, the voice of reason in that situation is saying, yeah, we didn't yeah. know before, you know, how much bad yeah, stuff was yeah, happening, yeah, yeah. but it was all, always happening. And when you look statistically, we live a, a better, safer, like more um, comfortable life. However, it's just when it comes to like the day-to-day living, I also have two children And my biggest worry is just this overconsumption of technology, and AI just feels like it's another step forward in that in that in that way.
0: Um. Well, yeah. uh, That's there's there's like, I I completely agree with some of what you're with, with some of what you're saying. Um. I I think that so there was a study recently which is gives you an idea of you know I think as people get older they generally don't understand children and teenagers before and that's been that's been the same in in forever in history um there was a study where they talked about um where they asked teenagers how many streams of media they thought they could consume and the average was 7 at one time okay so they can be watching now i don't believe that isn't true because that isn't what humans aren't designed to consume that amount of content that the assumption is that they can be watching netflix on their phone having a conversation and reading um and three other types of media all at the same time um which is just not the case you you do not become engaged in a um in a film if you're also on your phone that's it's very clear yeah so i i think that um it's i think it's the responsibility of parents, and I think it's the responsibility of educators to help people understand that. um, That isn't necessarily the the best use of your time. And, and I think that if you look at, you know, Meta, who um, are a huge company, they, they, they are, they're, they're losing daily active users because people don't like being controlled. They don't, they, they're. They're understanding that they're being manipulated. That being having a free platform doesn't mean free. It means that yeah. they're holding your information and they're holding your time. And um, things like AI are gonna, you know, you would you would hope that it can provide better answers and and better ways of using your time rather than endlessly scrolling through TikTok or whatever. Saying that, the power of those algorithms are phenomenal and I understand how they work. And yet if I'm on the YouTube shorts, I can keep scrolling indefinitely and it drives me mad. Yeah, but,
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess this, this um, is it, a interesting topic maybe to, to dive dive into a really, really fast. Uh, maybe how can we uh, tie together artificial intelligence and the new type of economy, the attention economy? And how are going the how how yeah. are creators going to apply artificial intelligence all those those interesting tools to in their strategies basically? Do you have any thoughts revolving this?
0: I think I yeah I, I think the fact that with um you know create with the idea that creators are now there there is so much content um, available that the 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 Individuals and the creators and so on need to make sh- need to more than ever make sure that what they're putting out is of real value exactly. and it has yeah. real um, real content to it. And and what I what I would hope with uh, the change in algorithms of um, how Google rank websites and so on is 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 less about writing, for example, SEO content. And more about really valuable information, and I think that this is where it's it's the individual or the company's responsibility. Mm -hmm. I I think that's where they the companies still will generate revenue by doing by and by creating work that is that has real value. And that's been I think that's been the case um, for for forever. Um, You know, a good film doesn't need to cost. 20 million 100 million dollars to make and yeah um and 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 what i think a lot of these tools do especially in the early stages of creative work and not just not just in creative industries i think they allow you to like answer the question of whether this is a valuable thing that you're working on or doing or a quick quickly concepting ideas well
2: i guess the challenge is because Artificial intelligence emulates very, very well the human, let's say, communication or behavior. So there's, I think the yeah. challenge would be or the fine line in order to see, okay, this is a content produced by a human being based on his subjective, let's say, critical thoughts, so on and so forth. And then you have the yeah. generated yeah. content. This, this, is, this,
1: is what, this is what we've already like kind of communicated internally a little bit when it comes to content. Which is we need to now double down on being like you know putting our opinion at the beginning of what we're writing, um, being very creative, you know, having this unique take on things mm. because that will really yeah. differentiate us ourselves from this mass like content that's, that's AI generated.
0: Yeah, 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 and and I and I think and I think that's the case, and I think that um, certainly as it currently stands, if people are copying verbatim a chat chat gpt response into their website blog post or something it doesn't hold proper value it it doesn't hold like intrinsic value and um and yeah and 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 the other the other thing around that is that humans want to um see other humans succeed and they want to interact with humans and it doesn't that doesn't work with just a company that that runs
1: solely off ai well i guess this so no that's why i'm positive (laughs) i'm I'm glad you're so positive honestly because uh yeah i am i am playing devil's advocate a little bit i am quite excited about what it you know what it kind of means and what changes we'll see but it's good it's good to hear someone like you who's like thinking deeply about this actually you know seeing the positives it makes me have more of a kind of positive attitude too
0: uh, yeah i I just feel I just feel that um that you know ch- children growing up should it, it's like things like this um should help answer should should alleviate a lot of the thing you know my wife's a teacher and um having having AI do some of the work that is just is just arbitrary and and sort of fairly redundant um, alleviates her to focus on like the important part of these, you know, of, of what having, of what teaching children are.
2: Yeah, it's true. Uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, many, many thanks for all your your knowledge share shared with us uh, today. Maybe we can move in into our last uh, segment of our podcast. If you guys have any, or Matt, if you don't have any any other question for now, I, th-
1: I think I, I think I could talk forever about this topic. But yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I think um... yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we
2: covered the the essentials for for our yep. audience, and we can move on to our one of the mo- the most requested basically section <laughs> of our audience of our tweepers. And which is the top five? Usually, we're doing top five. You decide. But uh, talking about AI today, I think would be interesting to see the top five use cases in your opinion, Tom Price.
0: Um. Yeah. If I if I move forward a a bit in time, I think the idea that um, individuals can can generate content that. Uh, generate entertainment that is tailored to um, them and very specifically what they're interested in. Holds you could get very very deep on this t- topic in terms of the um, ethics around it and so on. Mm. But I think the the interest around that is is sort of fascinating. So when um, image generation um, platforms can run real time the type of work that's going to be created is going to be really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that with um, ChatGPT, I think where you, you have models refined, highly, highly tuned models for individual organizations are going to open up the ability for people who were, predominantly being used to do repetitive tasks to be freer to answer creative problems and I think that can extend to you know nobody nobody joins a company to just fill in um spreadsheets or you know maybe that's me not being that fair, there but yeah um I think that that all people have, um, so I guess actually that's sort of one use case. A, a third a third one is that the importance of play and the importance of what we spoke about at the start with flow states and so on can't, I don't think I can emphasize enough about how um, important that is. And I think that uh, the ability for AI to remove um, it sort of goes back to the same one a little bit, but removes the redundant uh, idea of um, doing repetitive work and gives you the um, opportunity to like exist in a flow state is going to be is is really valuable. Um, just so, so I I think they they a, a lot of my mm-hmm. the use cases kind of uh, um, apply to the same thing but uh there's a couple that i think are really going to be valuable like i spoke about before yeah. nuclear fusion um is on the cusp of being solved um is it going to be solved in 2023 probably not but the idea of endless free energy for all is um a utopian like dream but it's it poten- is potentially plausible I think that um uh, another place where we, where we're seeing like really really valuable uses for AI is in um, medicine and cancer diagnosis you you have um e- uh, ethically now eye doctors are being asked to consult an AI hmm. on um, retinal cancer mm-hmm. because it's deemed it's deemed ethically inappropriate to not use AI because of the power of um uh, because of the power of it, <clears throat> and then I think finally uh, it's another kind of health thing. I think that there are going to be tools that um, help people. So I, I'm I'm really like interested in the importance of what the the gut biome plays, the role that that plays on individuals. So. Uh, what 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 exists in your stomach because it is it's now known that the immune system is directly impacted by your gut, yeah, the gut yeah. but nutrition is nutrition is like fundamentally mm-hmm. one of the most complicated topics because the the one person that needs red meat in their diet is is an yeah. entirely that the, the way their their body makeup is an entirely different way of um it exists in a very different way that somebody else might so I think the ability, and and again this may be not twenty twenty three, the ability for individuals to understand how nutrition plays a vital role in their um, in their health and well being, mm-hmm. both mentally and physically. AI is going to be able to answer some of those um, answer some of that and give and give you genuine advice on how your nutrition should work. Because I said I know from the uh the british government that they they say cut down on certain things have a certain amount of calories now that just doesn't make any sense because individuals work entirely differently mm-hmm.
1: so um i think i think that's that's something else that's going to be hugely valuable sounds awesome you saw uh, just a random point but you saw i don't know if you're aware of the, the company heights i think you knew i was going to say this right dragosh <laughs> height is like this I like know. um subscription like um vitamin uh company that have kind of built in public and are a bit more kind of trendy i guess than the traditional vitamin companies they've just released a yeah. new product which is all about gut health yeah
0: um
1: and mm-hmm. i agree it's something that i've been uh, like kind of researching and thinking about that would be an awesome use case for sure
0: well yeah the the the, the problem with um the advice and supplements and so on is that you uh, and and there are companies actually that are starting to do this is that it isn't tailored to yeah. the individual yeah, but yeah. but I do think that there are companies where you send off stool samples exactly. and so on and they and they send you back like probiotic type mm-hmm. type of things but it's quite a good um, exchange yeah uh, you, you know like um I know I know you you might be sort of less positive on on that side but if you have if there's a simple affordable way to um, answer answer you know, help your mental health due to uh, because like, um, by understanding your nutrition, I think that's like super valuable and it is yeah. really valuable in um, a wide uh, yeah, it's, it's really valuable,
1: yeah, 100%. I think that that'd be an awesome use case, and I agree that all of these things, you know, mental health, gut health, physical health, um, how you're spending your time this kind of stuff but then like, you have the all such a complex yeah, balance but, but yeah. then
2: you have the blend of the uh, actual hardware and biology you know the neuralink whatever elon musk is is working on yeah yeah, yeah.
0: I, I i was i was pro neuralink until i found out how many monkeys have died from having neuralinks put into them um and it's quite significant mm-hmm. which is a bit of a shame um yeah I, I i think like you know i'm a sort of advocate of of ai and um, as, as as opposed to nearly everybody else that I'm friends with, who are like I'm not having a a chip put in my brain, and mm-hmm. um, I can sort of see where there is potentially benefits to it. What I don't agree with is um, uh, animal testing for products. Really, um, but there's 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 the the one of the one of the things which I wouldn't put in a use case here. But when tools augment humans' capabilities, they have um, they will they they get taken up very very quickly. And an iPhone is a perfect example yeah. of that. Like it was a tool, it, that, you know that's Apple's sort of um, motto about building things that we d- didn't know we needed. And having a phone has 100% augmented people's ability to do things, whether I necessarily agree that there is good, it still has, has been beneficial. Mm-hmm. And, it, and in business, when you look at AI, um, you know, p- more powerful versions of chat GPT, that will be a necessity for companies to, um, implement into their system when they cannot keep up with the with the competitors
1: Absolutely, yeah
2: Well, many, many thanks for, for sharing your thoughts with our tweepers and uh, so folks we... Yeah,
1: I hope it wasn't too sporadic but No, no, yeah. it, it was, was perfect I, I find it really, really fascinating, absolutely
2: We had today uh, yeah, Tom Price, uh, technical lead at the Diva agency they're doing very, very interesting stuff I'm I'll, I'll ha- highly encouraging you to, to check, check them out uh, For all the other, uh, all, all of you uh, stay tuned t- to our next episode make sure you subscribe and hit the like button on our youtube channel because it helps massively with the algorithm you can check us out also on our on other podcast carriers like spotify and up until the next time keep it up thank you very much Cheers,
1: guys. Cheers,